0: Do you always find that you have lots of leftover scraps of paper, yarn or thread when you've finished a project? In this episode of We've Made It, we'll be sharing lots of tips and tricks to make sure they don't go to waste. On with the show. So our theme this week is stash busting, which I think is something a lot of us need, especially me.
1: And uh, it follows on nicely from the earlier uh, podcast we recorded on Organising your stash as well, because many of us have quite a big stash of craft supplies to organise.
0: Yeah, and I think there's lots of good reasons for doing a bit of stash busting now and then. And I think number one is environmental reasons.
1: Yes, I agree. And I was hoping we would talk a bit about that today because there can be quite, it can be quite shocking, can't it? The negative environmental impact even of crafting and making.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's something perhaps we don't always think about automatically, but even things like producing fabric uses quite a huge amount of energy. And so I really feel that we need to make the most of whatever we have. So that means not throwing away those little scraps that you have, those little bits of yarn you've got left and finding ways that you can be really creative with them.
1: Yes. And I think not only are there environmental benefits from this, but it's I think it's also quite a nice way of taking all these tiny offcuts from old projects and turning them into something beautiful in their own right. I think there's something quite, quite heartwarming about that idea in general. That you're sort of almost making something that celebrates your previous projects in a new thing. I think, yeah,
0: yeah. And I think a lot of it it's it's things perhaps that our our grannies would have done. And yes, they they would almost have done without thinking about. I mean, certainly like from my family, we never really threw stuff away. My granny doesn't. My mum definitely doesn't. But perhaps older generations are a bit more creative about how you reuse things. And they really won't throw stuff away.
1: Those skills are sometimes haven't always passed through the generations. But I think as crafters, we naturally do sort of carry that mentality around a little bit with us that we are quite good at whipping something up out of which, whichever supplies we have to hand.
0: Yeah, and I, I definitely feel as well that it's a growing trend, upcycling, reusing and creating things just using your leftover bits and pieces. I think it's a bit more of a trend because I think a few years back, if you would said to somebody, I'm going to make a rag rug or something like that, they probably <laughs> would have looked at you like you
1: were crazy. Yeah, but rag rugging has been huge in the past couple of years. In, oh, in the 90s, I used to have a rag rug. But yeah, it's definitely come back full circle, hasn't it? And that's the sustainable element of making something out of materials you already have rather than always consuming and buying new products, I think is very appealing.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if it's things like using your bits of of fabric to remake an old shirt or something like that, you can get really creative with it. There are so many good things you can do. Yeah. Um,
1: Oh, before we go, we've got a lot of things to share, but I just wondered if we should start by maybe comparing notes on what our own current stash situation is. (laughs) So before we get into how can you use your stash, I'm quite curious to know what is your situation here? Like what are we dealing with?
0: Well, I think we've talked before about my terrible craft cupboard of shame. The cupboard of shame! The cupboard of shame, which is very untidy. And I have, I would say, quite a lot of yarn that I've bought to make something Or bought on an impulse because I really liked the color. And then I haven't necessarily done anything with, or I've finished making a project and I've got like just a little ball of stuff left, you know, just a little ball that you can't really use for anything else. Yeah. And actually, from my paper crafting days, I also have quite a lot of different types of paper, nice paper, pretty paper. But what I'm going to use it for now, I've kind of just left it there and forgotten about it. So I could probably. I should probably use them up.
1: I think we can cover those areas today. I was actually wondering if we almost could go through the different types of stash you may have with ideas for them, maybe. Yeah, so Uh, what's
0: what's your stash situation like, Zoe?
1: uh, Mine is I am a self-confessed hoarder of craft supplies, as many of us are. Um, I often buy new supplies when I really don't need to because on impulse or I'll just see something like I bought this beautiful embroidery kit last year, about 2020. We all stayed home and craft. Um, I can't remember the the brand it's by, but I'll put a link in our podcast article this week if anyone wants to make it. But obviously I haven't made it yet (laughs) because I'm always (laughs) buying stuff and then not finishing it. So I have um, basically a lot of fabric, a lot of fat quarters or bits from previous projects. I have a lot of yarn. I have a lot of cross-stitch supplies. Uh, my paper craft supplies I've whittled down. I've done some major whittling, but I've kept things like the tools that are quite useful, like punches or quilling tools. But stash-wise, I would say my main issues are fabric and yarn. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just
0: starting with yarn. One of my favourite things to do with leftover yarn is pom-poms.
1: Oh, pom-poms. Who doesn't love a pom-pom? Yeah. I mean...
0: I, I just, there's so many things that you can do with the pom-poms. Like you can make garlands, which I yep. think are, are quite cool. Somebody wall who hangings. We, yep, somebody who we both know has a really great pom-pom wall hanging and we get to see it in our meetings. It makes
1: the best backdrop for our uh, Zoom meetings to have a you, pom-pom wall hanging. Yeah, and
0: another thing I've seen, particularly on Pinterest, is pom-pom rugs. Oh,
1: I haven't seen those.
0: Yeah, I think it... it Maybe it's not so much of a trend now, but it certainly was at one point. And some of them, they kind of went a bit crazy and they had huge giant pom-poms, which I'm not suggesting that you do. That seems impractical for a rug.
1: Like, (laughs) wouldn't you trip up over it?
0: Yeah, I think the best ones were ones where they had quite small pom-poms and they'd been kind of stitched onto some kind of backing material. So it looked quite cool, quite funky. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I also quite like pom-poms as sort of a way to um, embellish like a plain item of clothing. Like, you know, if you have like pom-poms hanging off the hoods or I don't know, like that sort of thing or around the edges, like a little pom-pom edge can look quite cute on tablecloths. Yeah. The small ones.
0: It's also a really good way to finish off a blanket. So if you've made like a nice
1: crochet blanket, you can add a pom-pom to each corner. Cute. Which I think is adorable. Um, I have a, I have a funny pom-pom story, actually, which is quite handy that you mentioned pom-poms. Yes. I, f- I found last year, like this pom-pom maker, like it was in the works or something. And I thought, oh, amazing, I'm going to do some pom-poms with my kids. So, but I haven't made a pom-pom myself since I was a child myself. So I was a bit rusty on the, pr- I mean, my mum used to do it with us with just a couple of circles of card. So That's the other nice thing about, about pom-poms. You don't actually need a pom-pom maker to make them. You can do it the old school way. But, so I had this actual tool and I'd always seen them and always wanted one. And I was quite excited that we finally got the chance to use it. And so I got my, my five-year-old daughter, Eve. She was really up for this idea. She was like, yeah, we'll make pom-poms. It's great for younger children because they don't need to predict a huge amount of dexterity or that fine motor skills. And we made the whole thing. And then it came to the end and I was like, right, how do you turn it into a pom-pom? And obviously it's meant to have two parts and then you cut around the edge. This pom-pom maker was faulty and only had one part. Oh, no. So we'd made the whole thing. And I was like, I can't turn it into a pom-pom. But, so basically, I'd brought a faulty pom-pom maker and not realized until I had this five-year-old who was hanging off it with anticipation. Oh, no. Just, oh, that's so awful. Like, yeah. And it, But it's also now, because like, five-year-olds don't have a great attention span, it's really put her off making pom-poms for life. <laughs> maybe not for life. Maybe just for now. Just, yeah. 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 I mean, I actually, um,
0: speaking of pom-poms, I went to a wedding. So one of my friends got married a couple of years back and she decided she was going to make all of her own decorations. Um, at the it. time, I was living in the house with her. We were flatmates. And she managed to find this thing. And I think it was called a multi, multi-pom. multi A multi-pom? A Tell multi-pom. And the multi-pom, the idea of it is that you can make multiple pom-poms at once. Which How? It was like a kind of, it's really hard to describe it, but it's kind of like a long, thin thing. And I guess you're wrapping the yarn around and then it's It's really hard for me to explain. <laughs> in a podcast format. It, <laughs> it's really, I need to be able to show you a picture of the multi-pom. But um, yeah, she was making like 10 pom-poms in a go. And she, I think she literally made, I reckon, 100 pom-poms at least.
1: That's like extreme crafting, isn't it? In fact that may be another podcast theme in itself, like your stories. I remember once I made a hundred wedding card invitations in one day, which was quite intense because I hand I hand threaded all the beads onto thread. Which was a ridiculous idea looking back. Yeah,
0: I mean I think someday we should talk about my extreme crochet snowflake project. <laughs>
1: Extreme crafting—it's happening. It's coming to this podcast soon. I really want to hear about that now. Though, yeah, but, but I'm not. I'm not going to tell you now. You have to wait. Save it. Okay, I'm Save saving it. that one. That's that's a story for another day. <laughs> so, okay, in that case, let's go. Other ideas for using up yarn. Oh, although one more pom pom thing is you can also turn them into animals. Have you seen like pom pom animals? Oh. We've got like a bear. How to make pom pom bears on Gathered?
0: Check that's... it out
1: if that's your thing. Which that sounds one, so cute. Be? So cute,
0: yes. So we really Uh, do want to hear if people have got more inventive things to do with pom poms. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, But other thing, obviously, another great stash buster is the granny square.
0: Yes, I was going to mention the granny squares actually.
1: Uh Yeah, which comes back to what you said about this is probably what our grandmas did to use up their yarn. Yep, they are literally the grannies making the squares. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I really so many different ways to use different colors of yarns as well.
0: There is an article on the website, we've got 25 different patterns, so you can really experiment with it. But I think the nice thing about a granny square blanket is that it almost is better if it's a bit
1: mismatched. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more colours and the more higgledy-piggledy, the better with a granny square blanket. I love it. I love, I want them to clash. I want like a full rainbow. Yeah. And I almost, I actually almost think
0: that something like that, sometimes it's better than when you've chosen like a careful palette of colors and you've really thought about it and it looks very tasteful I don't want tasteful I you want
1: you want the works
0: yes I want yeah. my my granny blanket to be mismatched and ridiculous colors
1: yeah I have actually um inherited a granny blan- granny square blanket that is just all the colors like not particularly matching exactly your what you were saying um, it's quite old, so it keeps breaking and I have to keep fixing it. But um, I think I love it even more for the fact that it's always being repaired.
0: Yeah, and I think these are the kind of things that do tend to get passed through families as well. So maybe yeah. it's a blanket that you had as a child or, uh, you know, literally one that your granny made for you.
1: Yeah. And the other, obviously, the other lovely thing about granny squares is just how soothing they are to make. Like it's really hypnotic. You can just curl up on the sofa and and it has that satisfying, quick because you get to make each one separately before you join them you sort of see you have that that sort of reward of seeing them grow before your eyes quite easily yeah and i think it's as well it's one of the more accessible
0: things for beginners to make as well like if you're if you're new to crochet it's it's a good beginner project
1: yes so if you're listening and you haven't tried it we've got some free patterns and we've also got a good youtube tutorial for how to make a granny square um we definitely recommend it this is your in your entry point into crochet
0: yeah do you know what I just thought of another yarn thing you can do
1: oh go on tassels tassels of course why didn't I think of tassels
0: yep add tassels to everything just just tassel it up
1: another big trend as well at the moment tassels like the earrings in uh-huh. fact tassel earrings would be a good way to use up thread as well yeah as yarn
0: yeah, that's a good one. Another one I was thinking of that's really good for using up bits of yarn is is weaving.
1: Oh, yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, so you can make like a cool wall hanging or something like that. We do have a few projects. We need to stop referring to the website constantly, but there are some projects <laughs> on there. <laughs> there are some good projects on there if you want to have a go at making a wall hanging. And it's just a really good way to use up
1: scraps. You can make your own loom as well, I think, can't you, for weaving? I mean, that's that's next level. Um, is that extreme crafting not quite yeah. i mean intermediate
0: you, you don't need to commit to <laughs> you don't need to make making yarn. you, you no, don't you're... need some yeah you really don't have to make your own loom there are ones out there that you can buy if <laughs> you know if that's a bit step too far but um yeah it's really good fun really relaxing uh, as well
1: another one which is has enjoying a real resurgence lately from our previous generations would be macrame is a really good way of yarn. So like a plant hanger. Yep. I don't want to say we've got a tutorial on the website for it, but we do actually, but um, that's just an aside. Other websites are available. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But obviously you don't actually need much yarn to make a macrame plant hanger and they are lovely and it's really nice way of displaying plants around the house as well.
0: Yeah. Macrame is really good. have we run out of ideas for yarn?
1: No, obviously no, not. You've I got have more. more. So I like small knits. So like yeah, teeny tiny knits because they're just so pleasing. So you could knit your own egg cozies, you could knit your own easter eggs coming into spring. Like that's a really lovely project that you don't need much yarn for. Or tiny little amigurumi. So I actually my friend Jana made these beautiful tiny, oh, they're not amigurumi because they're knitted, but um these tiny pumpkins last year Ooh. out of some off cuts of orange yarn. And it was like different shades of orange and they look really beautiful as like a, that's more of an autumn craft project. But yeah, so teeny tiny
0: knits. Oh, yeah. Teeny tiny knits. You could make a little phone case.
1: You could. It's a nice mini project. I'm going to go bunny. I'm going to suggest bunnies because I'm into the cute teeny tiny knits as well.
0: Yeah. but I mean, there's really just so many things you can do. I mean, you could even make a, like a scarf out of just odd scraps. Yeah. You could, random striped scarf is always quite fun.
1: Although this is the the problem, isn't it, with yarn off cuts as well, is you do sometimes have to think about matching the weight because I have an ongoing knitted blanket that I'm making, so I just knit a square. I think it's an old Simply Knitting pro- project from like 10 years ago. Um, but I didn't realise because I'm quite an inexperienced knitter that I kept using different weight yarns. And then when I went to sew them all together, it was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it has some tension issues, oh. a bit like me. <laughs> but just your personality tension <laughs> yeah. issues. uh So do yeah, just have a little think about. Don't mix your two ply with your super super chunky. I think that's just a good lesson for life. <laughs> I feel like there is a metaphor in there. Yeah, you're right somewhere. Yeah, yeah, um, maybe don't
0: plunge into a project before you know what you're
1: what you're doing. Oh, I've got another one. Uh, this is my last yarn one, but another idea is crochet or knitted flowers. Oh, yes. So, yeah, you, and there's all sorts of patterns out there and you could, you know, you, could make, you can make your own, uh, if you're getting married, bouquets of them, or you could, again, turn them into garlands or decorations or embellishments for other projects. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say there's
0: like, there's endless little motifs that you can crochet. Little hearts. Yeah, there are. All sorts. Little
1: clouds, yeah. leaves, all sorts of things. After this, I really want to go and make some of these things. Like yeah, it, I wish I wish I'd bought a, a crochet hook and some of my scrap yarn to this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I actually I could have I could have brought my bobble hat. Oh, maybe next time. <laughs> next time, craft and chats at the same time. Uh, yeah. Shall we talk about other? So, where should we go next? We could go fabric. We could go paper. We could go thread. Oh, should we, should we go fabric? Okay, an area close to my heart.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously, the first one is the rag rug, the classic. The classic rag rug, yes. Yeah. Really good
1: for smaller scraps as well.
0: Yeah, and again, it's like, you know, embrace the fact that it's not going to look coordinated necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it'll look better if you go for similar tones and complementary colours and that kind of thing. But again, it's like always going to be a little bit random.
1: Yes, and I, th- I sort of love that about it and... It, that has a, brings me on to the next one, which may seem like an obvious one, but patchwork. I have a lovely basket of fabric scraps from old projects at home. And in fact, it's interesting. I saw on the don't know if you saw on the sewing bee last year, In the past couple of years, they've had a challenge where one week it's all about sustainability and they bring in the the contestants' offcuts from previous projects and they have to make stuff out of them. Um, yeah, I think the Sewing bees and Patrick Grant have done a lot actually to really like give a a louder voice to these issues of how we how we treat our offcuts and having a more ethical view but anyway tangent so i really love patchwork for them cutting smaller units and turning them into a new bigger new thing of beauty and especially i've mentioned this on a previous podcast but i don't know if if you fancied giving this a go at home there are two paper piecing techniques that are really good for small techniques so there's english paper piecing which is where you take normally a geometric shape, like a hexagon would be the most traditional one, but it works with triangles, diamonds, and you wrap it in fabric and then you slip stitch them together. Ah. And then you remove the paper from behind. And it's a really lovely, slow stitching. It's really therapeutic. It's a longer term project. So you sort of just work on a few each evening and watch it grow. My best friend actually has a, a paper pieced blanket that her grandma in Malaysia made. And all the fabrics are different, silks and beautiful, that sort of concept of fabrics from different places. And then foundation paper piecing is like witchcraft. It's magic. And it's when you get like a really complicated pattern and you basically sew tiny bits of fabric to it on top of each other oh. in reverse. It really is, it's a bit hard to get your head around, but it may, you end up making these incredibly intricate patchwork pictures and shapes like it's a really good way of making like you could make animals or there's loads of free templates out there on the internet and on gathered, yeah and you need to be quite awake to do it because it's really easy to suddenly if you're tired you can lose your place and sew it on the wrong way around but what it's great for is it uses even really tiny bits of fabric like even really small ones can be used in a foundation paper piecing project
0: Yeah. I mean, and if you're quite an arty person, you can always use bits of fabric and stuff just to create works of textile art, which is something that my mum actually does. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, yeah, she basically does things like last Christmas for my sister, she made her two really big pieces, which were scenes of Norwegian mountains. What? That's amazing. So my sister, she used to live in Norway for a couple of years and still really loves it. It's really beautiful. Yeah, so my mum did her some beautiful Norwegian fjords using leftover fabric, and basically layering it up and doing a bit of um, bit of free machine embroidery on it. It was really clever, and um, you know, so you can be quite creative. You don't necessarily have to do something traditional.
1: Oh, that makes me think of Have you ever been to the Festival of Quilts? So obviously, sadly, it wasn't on last year. I really hope that they can have it this year, but they have a whole section on art quilts. And it's just beautiful ah. that, you know, and pictorial quilts. It's amazing what people can make with fabric. It really is. It's sort of yeah. a platform in itself. Uh, shall we talk more fabric ideas?
0: Yes. Do I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> <Do> you- <laughs> I have a list. I have a list. I'm just checking my list. Toys. Toys. Toys so- are always amazing to use up bits, like especially things like memory bears are really good. So, um, yeah, so Memory Bear is basically where you kind of use things like bits of old baby grows and that kind of thing to make a little keepsake for a child that they can keep their whole life, which That's I think really is really lovely. lovely. Yeah. And other ones, what have I got? Yes. So you can use up bits of fabric for things like accessories. So headbands are great. Yeah. Scrunchies. Scrunchies. Ah! Yes. Snap. We we often joke that we
1: are the same person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like one mind. Yes, yeah, scrunchies also something that's had a comeback in recent years, and really easy to yeah turn your offcuts into scrunchies or those little hair ties for like if you've got young children. Yeah, so there's those as well. Also, you can do things like you can make fabric necklaces.
0: So oh, oh you can
1: can't you? Like you almost turn them into beads.
0: Yeah. So like Anna Alicia has done a project, which is really quite cool, where she's made a fabric necklace. And I think that's quite good if you've had a project where you've used maybe three different
1: coordinating fabrics. Yeah. And also when you have, I don't know if this happens to you, but like those beautiful fabric, like you have certain fabrics that you just really love. But like obviously we all love fabric, but there are ones that really do. You're just like, this is a stunning print, but you haven't got enough of it left to make something in its own right. But you don't want to bin it. They're like the
0: kind of things that say if you've had something that you've made and it's now coming to the end of its life, it's got wear and tear and and that kind of thing. But you can save a bit of it, yeah. Then then you can almost make it into like a some kind of keepsake, like a necklace. Almost yeah. like you can keep the memory of it going, which I think is quite nice.
1: Give it a second lease of life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I have a couple of other ones. They might overlap a little bit with what we've talked about, but. Making little decorations like little stuffed shapes, so like hearts or birds or um, flowers. You know, that's re- you don't need much fabric. You can just sew two pieces together, right sides together, and then add a bit of toy stuffing. I have a fun, and I always say I have a funny story. But I don't know if I ever told you about the time I cut up my child's Iggle Piggle from Toy Story, not Toy Story. Cut up my child had a softy version of Iggle Piggle from In the Night Garden, and yeah. I needed some toy stuffing for a project for work and I cut off Iggle Piggle's head to get the (gasps) toy story right the stuffing and then I had to hide the body in the kitchen bin so you didn't (laughs) see I should add it wasn't his favorite toy anymore like he hadn't played with it in a long time but I felt really bad about it
0: I mean I actually gasped when you said that because I I think (laughs) I think it's because I've been spending a lot of time with my little nephew and I've been watching a lot of In the Night Garden and and, you know that just really hit me I know
1: imagine a decapitated Iggle Piggle in your bin um but yeah so you can get the stuffing from your kids toys uh is my top tip uh bunting as well yes I was gonna say bunting bunting who doesn't like bunting it's so cheery and I also like these days bunting doesn't need to be for like a street party you can have bunting just around the house why not
0: yeah why not and if you've got like a craft room or something then
1: you know why not cheer it up with a little bit of bunting or a child's bedroom as well exactly I think I think there's just something inherently cheery about about bunting it just lifts the mood
0: yeah I I just now want to go and put up some bunting somewhere maybe I'll go make some later
1: (laughs) (laughs) um I basically realized I think we shouldn't just have me splurging the whole lot of you but I have so many ideas for fabric scraps like I'll just list I'll reel a few off right yep you could make patchwork shoelaces you could make earring fobs you could make pin cushions napkin rings I know napkin rings are possibly a little bit dated these days for a special occasion or for if you were doing wedding table stuff that'd be really nice and fabric gift bags I really like as well like fat quarter projects or you know you could that's another quite nice sustainable idea instead of gift wrap you could take a smaller fabric scrap and make it into a little pouch
0: yeah and you you can make fabric gift bags as well which can be like just little mini things and then those, those can then be reused as well which is really clever
1: so, I love the idea of taking taking those fabric scraps that you have lying around and then turning them into something that in itself cuts down on waste as a project.
0: yeah, another really great idea for gift wrapping wrapping, and I'm probably going to say this wrong is Faroshiki, which is like a Japanese present wrapping style technique, so basically, you have a piece of fabric that you reuse, yeah, so you kind of fold it over the president the present and use the yeah. president then
1: <laughs> don't fold it over the president. <laughs> You might get chucked out. (laughs) I've been watching the the news too much,
0: too much news. (laughs) So yeah, so you take your um, fabric. Yeah. (laughs) You take your fabric and roll it over the present. Yeah. And you twist the ends and then you tie it up in a knot. Oh, like a little, yeah, I've seen those. It's really really cute. It is. It's like a little bundle. And then, of course, you can reuse the fabric, which is really handy.
1: Uh, My friend Lorna gave me um, a gift that was wrapped in. And the fabric it was wrapped in was also a headscarf. Oh, see, then, then it's like a double gift. That's exactly. even better. I wondered if we could talk about thread for a bit now.
0: Yes, I don't actually have any of these, so you're, you're going to have I've, to tell I've got me something
1: you're going to love for the thread segment of this podcast. Do you know Sarah? Because I know you love a, a top fact. I do. For a future pub quiz, this this is going to come in handy for you at some point. This knowledge that there is a name for all those leftover snips of thread that you get when you're doing embroidery or cross stitch. Oh, no. Do you know this? No, Uh I did not know. I know. I I think this is a a real thing. Um, They're called, right, orts. So O-R-T-S, which sounds a bit like something out of Lord of the Rings. I did Um, think you said orks. No, (laughs) orts with a T. And um, there's this thing that you can have called an ort jar where you save up all your like little scraps of thread, those offcuts. My personal uh, way of using them is just leave them lying around the house in a trail on sofa ends and things for my husband to find. Lucky him. But yeah, you put them in a jar and then the jar itself is seen as an object of pride because it represents all the beautiful things you've stitched and the hours of your life you have spent making beautiful embroidery and cross-stitch. Ah. Oh. I thought you'd like that. I do like a good
0: word, although to me, an ought, it kind of sounds like, as you said, a, a, bit, a monster of some kind.
1: <laughs> it is, but I quite like it's quite a quirky word. So I do, like, I do, love, a, I do love a word discovery. So this, I guess this section is how other ideas for using your <laughs> how can or you... your general bits of thread that are a bit too small for a whole new project. Yes. Tell me about your <laughs> Um, So I remember I have this, I, my first job in craft publishing was actually for Cross Stitcher Magazine back in the early mid '90s, And we used to have a columnist, quite an unusual celebrity crafter. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was, his name was Norman Willis and he was actually the general secretary of the TUC in the, in the 80s when there was loads of union stuff going on. A bit, bit, bit random, but he was a stitcher and he used to have a column in Cross Stitcher magazine. And I remember once one of the themes was how to use your oughts. And the thing that was glorious about this was he was an unusual personality to be a stitcher, like not who you would imagine to be a columnist. He was a really big name, like everyone would have known during the time of the miners' strikes and all this stuff. Um, and he used, to ta- he used to type his column on a typewriter and send it into us. And I don't know why I have this memory, but one time he sent this this column that was ideas for using your thread scraps as like bird's nests to make bird's nests. <laughs> I don't know how safe this is, but it's always stuck with me. As well, Norman Willis had this idea for. Yeah, using them to, like, make nests for birds in your garden. Do you think that would work? Would birds want to use it? I mean, I don't know. They do look for soft things
0: to line the nests, don't they? So maybe they would. Oh, there you go. But but I wonder if it's safe for them.
1: Well, maybe we won't try that
0: one at home. No, but I mean... (laughs) I think if anybody's listening who can tell us, I would quite like to know. (laughs) I would too, actually. Was Norman onto something or was he inadvertently killing small birds?
1: Yes. Um... A safer, let's move on to a safer idea. Yes. Which is embellishing your clothes with little bits of embroidery. Ah, so I like that I, idea. Yeah, I know. I think it's lovely and I think it's quite contemporary. So did you see at the Oscars last year when Natalie Portman had that cape and it had embroidered on it all the names of the, it was a lovely sort of small act of craftivism. It had embroidered all the names of the female directors that hadn't been uh, up for Oscars that year that should have been. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I think this idea of like having hidden embroidery on clothes or having embroidery as a feature that adds a message to clothing is really lovely. And I've got a little dress. It's a Bowdoin dress where the pocket has a little embroidered message in it saying something like, you're awesome today. Or like how, you know, a a lovely little positive affirmation. And I think that is a lovely way of using up little bits of embroidery thread.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you probably could also use up the threads if by doing a bit of visible mending. I thought you might mention Visible Mending today. I love Visible Mending. I know you do. I just, I'm kind of a little bit obsessed with it because it's so clever. And there's um, somebody who I follow on Instagram who, her account is called Visible Mending Service. This is something that she does actually do as a business. But she does like these really clever little patches, which is quite often how she mends it, where they're almost a bit like tartan.
1: Oh yeah, and then what would she, does she use like nice stitching and stuff? to to, Yeah, so
0: she just uses like really beautiful stitching to make a feature of the area that she's repairing. Mm. I mean, and there's no reason why you couldn't use little bits of leftover thread to do that as well. It's like a double win, really.
1: I think that's a lovely idea. And I mean, I think in general also the idea of taking items you already have and embellishing them fits in really nicely with the sort of sustainable element of this theme this week yeah Um, and you could also add little flowers to things or you know little motifs to like plain tops or plain jackets
0: i mean just embroider everything just embroider embroider
1: things embroider your whole life (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we've talked a lot about threads do you want to do paper or should we round it up
0: um should we do a little quick bit on paper because there are things that you can use paper for to reuse okay guys we're going to fit in some paper tips So just a really simple one is to use punches on leftover bits of paper. So you can get little ones, they come in different shapes, like hearts or butterflies, all kinds of shapes. And those are really useful if you're making a shaker card. So a shaker card, for people who don't know, it's almost a bit like a snow globe. So It is
1: lovely, interactive.
0: So you have to do lots of layering up with sticky foam pads to... (sighs) to get your shape and then you have to have like a bit of clear plastic or acetate or something like that for the front and then it's a bit like a snow globe you shake it up and all the little pieces go everywhere and so you're basically
1: making confetti
0: yeah essentially but it's using up those little bits that even the little tiny bits can be used for that Um, that's a good
1: one if you've got young children as well for crafting with kids they love punching shapes and it's really easy for quite all ages of children well not babies
0: but- yeah i mean and other things i mean i would always keep little strips of of paper anyway especially patterned papers because they're usually a bit expensive so you really want to get the most out of them anyway but they can always be used to add like a colored strip across a card which is a really yeah. great way of giving it a bit of extra interest or you can cut them out to make a little banner or of course die cut them yes so you know yeah. don't, even the littlest scraps you can use and I also, um,
1: in terms of strips and kids' crafts, I was going to say um, paper weaving as well is quite a nice one. If you've got, if you're guillotining and you've got have a lot of offcuts of strips, or cutting them into tiny, tiny like bits to make mosaic art as well. Yeah. And of course, collage.
0: collage always a fun one, especially for children. And yeah. I guess if you've got lots of strips, then paper chains.
1: Oh yes, yeah. Paper chains aren't just for Christmas, guys. They're for life.
0: Don't don't throw anything away. Nothing after this. No excuses.
1: We have Easter paper chains in my house. Really? Yeah, I think paper paper chains is one of my trend predictions. Like having them for all the different big occasions. You're you're just putting that out there now. Just you know, you heard it here first. If you hadn't already had that thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so yes, if people have any more stash yeah. busting tips, we do really want to hear them.
1: We so. really do. I think it's love. The more you can share, the better. So yeah, what do you do to use up your stash at home?
0: Yeah, because I'm sure there's, I mean, people listening to this are bound to be really creative. So we yeah. sure you're, you're going to have some really good ideas for these. Okay, shall we move on to our one good thing? Yes. Let's show, you go first this time. Okay. What's your one good thing this week? So my one good thing is a really simple thing, and it's just spending time outdoors. So yep. I think... Before, I would say before the pandemic, I thought I was an indoor person and I've realised that that's not true. I've realised that I'm actually an outdoor person and that I need to walk and I need to walk every day. So I try and get out. So like I usually work eight till four. So four Mm -hmm. o'clock comes and I try and get outdoors, even if I can only go for a really short walk. I find that makes such a big difference to how I feel about the day. And I know that's something that you do as well.
1: Yeah, I do. I I start my days now by going outside, and if, if I'm working from home, I will. I go out to my garden at the start of the day because I'm the same. I think last year really made a lot of us take stock because we missed a lot of that outdoor time that we normally had about our days. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's it. Because
0: I would say, I mean, it's not to say I don't still love an evening in, you know, watching some <laughs> films and doing a bit of crochet. I do still love that, but I've realised for my well being, I need to be getting outside more and then actually in a way I enjoy being in more because of it I don't know it's maybe having that contrast
1: yeah I think that awareness we have of how good it is for our mental well-being to be outside is something that is growing like when you look at forest bathing and these concepts that are it almost seems like obvious to me that of course it's really happy making to be in a wood <laughs> yeah or a forest but yeah. now these things have their own names you know.
0: Yeah, and I think actually it does help you be more creative as well, because quite often when I'm out, I will think mm. of ideas for yeah. things. And I think it, it's good for your creativity as well to be out and moving around and getting some fresh air.
1: That is a really lovely one, good thing. Yeah, what's what's your one this week? Well, I realise I've been going down a real TV and film tangent, so I'm going to go into a book this week. So yes. I, I am showing Sarah this, but you can't see it at home. But I've just finished reading The Overstory by Richard Powers. And it's just really, it's sort of, I would say an epic book and one that has completely changed how I view the world. So it's all about trees. So you might be like, if you're listening, you might be like, I don't want to read a whole book about trees. It's quite a big <laughs> book. It's quite technical in places. So it basically follows the story of several different people. And it's a complete love affair with trees. And each of them, the natural world and trees interweave with their lives in different ways. There's a lot of The political story of how we how we treat the environment around us. There's a lot of basically this beautiful poetic language that basically talks about trees and the natural world and their process all around us, like what happens in autumn. And I didn't know that trees can can communicate with each other via their roots. I just didn't. I basically I knew nothing about trees until I read this book, and I just think. It's quite. It's quite a slow read in places. Like I, at some points, you do have to persevere. But I absolutely loved it, and I. I'm basically now a tree geek. It's converted me. That's amazing. But it's. I mean, I think it's quite
0: interesting that we've both come up with these quite similar I things. Know. Considering we have not discussed this beforehand. Hive mind. Yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> strange. But I think they're kind of related. Being outside, appreciating nature. Yeah. It's all. It's all beneficial.
1: Exactly. So yeah, that's my one good thing. And what about our projects of the week this week? Yes. Do you want to go first? Yes. So mine is, so this is the part of the podcast where we talk about a project on Gathered that we especially like, although we have mentioned a few already today along the process of this podcast. Mine is how to make a bean bag. So I, a friend of mine on Facebook last year put a thing up saying she had loads of bean bag, what do you call them? Bean bag balls, beans? bean bag beads, beans, what are the beans? <laughs> um, does anybody want them? And I was like, Do you know what? I've always wanted to make bean bags. So I was like, I'm sure we must have a project about it on Gathered. And we didn't. So I found one that used to be in Simply Sewing and I put it up. And it's by Juliet Borden. And it's basically how to make a bean bag. And it also fits in neatly with stash busting because you can make it patchwork. So you could you take fabrics from your stash and turn them into this lovely thing for your home. Oh, that's really lovely. Yeah. My one in no way
0: fits our theme. Um. (laughs) So my favourite one this week is Caroline Darling's Patternless Pyjamas. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, so this is a nice project, I think, if you're a beginner because you don't need to follow a pattern. And I just think it's a really nice thing to personalise, so to choose the fabric that you like, find something really soft, really cosy. Because I don't know about you, but I always find it hard to find like just nice, cozy pajamas.
1: Yeah, it's very pajamas have given me a lot of joy in the past year when we were in lockdown. Yeah, and I think you know, let's make some that you really like,
0: that you really oh, make love.
1: Your own and also, how lovely sewing patternless sewing projects are a really nice introduction if you're new to sewing as well, aren't they? Because you don't have to grapple with the paper pattern. And
0: yeah, and I think this one in particular, it's really accessible and. like like I think we've maybe talked about before my priority in clothes and what I wear in my life is being cozy (laughs) so so I think if you are into being cozy make your own pajamas they will be just what you want
1: I love it so we've gone full circle from you enjoying being outside to you making things so you can stay inside more
0: yeah I'm not very consistent
1: Right, I think that's right, a really lovely you. place to finish. Yeah, this was our stash-busting tips episode. Yes. We hope you enjoyed it. Yes, thanks everyone. Bye. Thanks guys, bye. Thanks for
0: listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you've got any stash-busting tips that you'd like to share with us, then please do get in touch. You can find us by searching for Gathered on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. And don't forget, you can find lots of great craft projects over on our website, gather.how. If you're enjoying these podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. It's really helpful for us to get the feedback and it helps other people to find the podcast too. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week.